everyone. Welcome to the first episode of season six of the Solving Problems podcast. We're the podcast where we talk about the real communication problems your church is facing and give you practical steps to solve them. If we haven't met, my name is Jonathan Carone, and it's great to be with you for a little bit today. This season, we're talking about the things that we have to admit to ourselves in order to more effectively communicate to the people we're trying to reach. In today's episode, the problem we're going to tackle is how people feel like they've been hurt by the church. This is a real feeling that is keeping people from showing up to your church each week and is something that we have to learn to speak into. Today's big idea is that in 2021, we don't automatically get the benefit of the doubt anymore. Did you know that in 1975, a Gallup poll found 68% of Americans had a great deal or quite a lot of confidence in the church? In 2019, that number was down to 36%. We've lost the benefit of the doubt. We have to earn the right to be heard. But how do we do that? How do we acknowledge past hurts without making it awkward? In today's episode, we're talking with Stephen Brewster. Stephen has been in church leadership at a number of churches and currently helps churches build healthy cultures, systems, and teams. He also helps them navigate releasing music for the world to hear, currently serving with Elevation Worship, Life Church, SEU Worship, and a whole host of others. On top of that, he hosts the Blue Collar Creative Podcast that you can find anywhere you get your podcasts. We'll talk to Stephen about how we can acknowledge that people have been hurt in their past, how we reach those people, and how we model forgiveness, reconciliation, and unity throughout the messiness of relationships. But first, here's the dance music, and then Stephen will be on the other side. All right, we're back with Stephen Brewster. Stephen, go ahead and tell the people hi. Hi, people. How are we doing today? That's one of my favorite things to do here because it always throws the guest off and it always makes you smile. And I don't know if anyone else cares about it, but I like to do it. I love it. Today's big idea is that church hurt is real and that we don't get the benefit of the doubt anymore. We have to earn the right to be heard. So my first question to you is as a church, how do we acknowledge people have been hurt by their past? Um, great question. And um, I think that it's it's really interesting because... I don't know that I think that sometimes we put this weight on 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 a question like that that's unfair to the people or the question because the reality is like everyone has been hurt and everyone will be hurt like as long as there are humans in the church the church is going to like be accused of hurting people and and the truth is the church has really actually never hurt anyone uh people hurt people and hurting people hurt hurting people or any people, healthy people or not. And so, so, you know, I believe that we just have to acknowledge everyone's got a bruise and um, it's our job to, to help those bruises heal. And we're not going to get it right all the time. And we're going to have grace with each other and we're going to try to figure it out. Your wife, Jackie, is an Enneagram coach, and she was my Enneagram coach. And one of the things she said to me when we did our coaching a year and a half ago, um, she like, she looked straight at me and said, uh, Jesus didn't hurt you, other people hurt you. And it was such a simple, simple but mind-blowing idea that I had never thought about. Yep. And I think that's one of the things that when we get into this and think about church hurt, 
if we can help people understand that idea, then it opens the door for us to really be able to speak into their lives and get them involved with us. So, so my question would be, how do we do that without being like super awkward? How do we speak to people who have been hurt, who think they have been hurt by one thing, but have in reality been hurt by an, another? How do we speak into that before we really got them into our church? If we're trying to reach them and get them to our church, how does what does that look like on the front end? I don't know where this lands theologically, but I think the rea- there but I know where it lands in reality. So the like if you think about kingdom mentality versus earthly mentality, right? We should approach every one of those conversations understanding the 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 truth and the reality of of what the situation is. So awkward conversations are actually the ability to create healthy relationships. But we tend to avoid the awkward because we're afraid of the reaction. When you lean into the truth, your responsibility is not somebody else's reaction to the truth. Your job is to, in love and grace and kindness, deliver the truth. And so when you lean into an awkward conversation, one of two things is going to happen. Okay. The first one is the person's going to reject it and they're going to, they're going to run away. If that, if that happens, most likely that was going to happen eventually anyway. Okay. The other, the other reaction that could happen is it actually creates roots to the relationship and helps the relationship get um, deep and and rich and amazing. If you think back in your life, the relationships that mean the most to you are the relationships you worked through the awkward. And the relationships that don't exist anymore probably never had the tension of the awkward. So I when anytime I think that as a as a as a, as a leader, you feel that moment of awkward, that's your moment to lean into the truth. Now how you lean into the truth oftentimes drives people into one of those two directions. <laughs> so you have to lean into the truth with grace, with kindness, with mercy, with love, um, and, and do it the right way. But awkward is your opportunity. I love that. I think some people who listen to this might know this. I don't know. But in a year or two, I'm going to be part of a church plant here in the little town that I moved to that I grew up in. And as I've been thinking through, I think of someone like my dad when I think of this story. Um, so my my dad, the background is my grandpa was our pastor growing up. Right. And um, in 2008, 2009, somewhere in there, he had a stroke that left him uh, partially paralyzed and he wasn't able to lead the church anymore. And the way that his denomination and his congregation moved on from him so quickly after that happened um, it made my dad really mad and it hurt him and he hasn't been to church since. So it's been 13, 14 years since then. And he hasn't been to church. And this is a man who, when I was a kid, um, we were a traditional church of God church. And he, uh, he led the Wednesday night boys club, girls club, like the whole family training hour type of idea on Wednesday night. He was the one who was over all that. He was the head usher on Sunday mornings. 
Um, he would occasionally teach midweek um, in like the adult Bible study. So I mean, this is a man who I grew up watching very involved in church, but he hasn't been to church in 12 to 13 years. And so like, those are the type of people I want to reach. Those are the ones that as I think through church and think through um, what does healthy church and gospel centered outreach look like? I mean, yes, it's people who don't know Jesus and have never met Jesus, but there's a large portion of people who at one point in time were actively following Jesus that don't do it anymore. And and, and I think that, again, even in that situation, if you asked your dad, he would say that the denomination hurt him or that the church hurt him. And the truth is people hurt him. Like the people who made those decisions hurt him. The intention of the church was never to hurt him. The church itself never hurt him. And, and you know, we have we live in a, in a country, especially if you're in the South, where everybody's a Christian, right? But yep. the truth is very few people have had an experience, right? And so when you're able to help people start to have experiences, then all of a sudden that experience is the ultimate uh, medicine to that hurt. So my, my question and the, the piece that I wrestle with and that I'd love your opinion on is how do we corporately as, I mean, I know we can do that with individuals can go in and have those conversations, but as a church, how do we corporately both in corporate communications and in training our people, how do we go about making that switch so that we can begin to reach those people? Yeah. So two, two different answers to that. I, I don't know that corporately you do that because I don't know that corporately, 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 there was not an offense. So the, 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 the structure of the organization didn't hurt the person or any person. And so it's hard for, it's hard to heal something different than where it got hurt. Right. So I don't know that like from, and, and when you say corporate, I know what you mean. You mean from like the, 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 the organization of the church, how does the organization of the church heal yeah, from the, the, I, our I marketing, our communications on those. I don't things. think that happens. I don't think that happens there because you're, again, you're trying to control how somebody else receives the truth, which is, is impossible and not your responsibility. But in training your people to do it one-on-one, that's actually where it does happen. Because when I have a one-on-one experience with another human being and they're able to help me heal something that was damaged through another relationship somewhere else in my life, then all of a sudden that healing process begins and and be and can get to some level of completion. So it, it happens in the training of your people, not through your corporate entity of your church. And this isn't a like evangelistic platform that you can just buy a book on. Like it's not no. like share Jesus without fear or anything like that. This is like deep in the weeds, like training for grace, training for reconciliation, and yes. teaching our people that. And this is a communications podcast, so I know a lot of people are like, how like, how does that involve me? But I think for, from what we have to do is we have to model 
that from everything that we do within our church and the messages that we send. 100% because everything that we do is communication. Like uh, I was listening to a friend's podcast the other day and, and, and it's a business podcast and he's talking about communication and literally everyone communicates. Everyone is responsible for communication, right? Whether you are communicating with your kids, your spouse, your parents, the person at the grocery store. I mean, a lot of us communicate with just ourselves. You know, the conversations you have with yourselves all go back to communication. And so you've got to train your, you have to train everyone in communication and training them in the values of the organization, training them in the, the essence and ethos of what the organization is going to be about and how we handle situations, how we address situations, how we talk about certain things. That's, I mean, you, you could look at it in our country right now. You take, take, take God completely out of it just on a communications raw level. We're most, we're the most divided that we've ever been as a country in this moment. We're, we're a very divided country. The truth is when most of the most of the division in our country is based on communication. It's one side saying one thing, the other side hearing something that they don't like in what the first side said. I mean, you can see it in the memes that you see on 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 social media right now of like when someone says I like carrots and somebody responds with what about peas? You didn't talk about, you didn't talk <laughs> about potatoes. You're, you're an exclusive, you're, you're being exclusive. Like that's how crazy our world ha- has become. So, so communication is, is a lot of times the medicine to the problem that we've started this whole podcast talking about, which is hurt, how people communicate and how people really, the truth is how people listen is more important than ever what they say. And I think 2021 and beyond, the most radical thing you can do from a communication standpoint is to model that, is to model grace, is to model empathy and understanding of where someone's coming from. I think in the past, as a church, we've been very defensive. If someone wanted to say something like, they said they got hurt by our church or that was their language. I went there and something happened and blah, blah, blah. We were very quick to defend ourselves and defend the decisions we've made or the things that we've did, we've done when in reality, like, okay, we might have been right. We might have done nothing wrong and they just misinterpreted it. That happens. We're humans. And how different would it be if we approached the people who were hurt by the church, quote unquote, and said, hey, I understand where that was coming from, and I'm sorry, and I, I get it. And it's just the idea that we all see things from a different perspective. Right. And it is hard for us to put ourselves in that perspective of the other person, especially in church where our staff, we know the ins and outs of why a decision was made of why that program was cut, of why the church did this instead of that. And so when someone gets hurt by it, we don't understand because we know everything. In reality, 
their biggest thing just got cut or they just lost a thing that they connected with Jesus on and they don't understand why. And so they're hurt by the church making a decision. In the past, I know, I mean, I'm speaking for myself at least, it's been to defend the church. And the first, the first step was defend the church and tell them exactly why we did what we did. When I think a better step might be to listen to what they're saying and try to understand their hurt first and then lead them through it and show them why what happened happened. It's a hundred percent. You're a hundred percent correct. Uh, I, I think it's, it's uh, a three-step process. Shut up, listen, and then respond, don't react, right? Like if you, like, it's, it's, it's baffling to me to watch the leadership gap in our country right now, both in the church and in politics. If people would just shut up, listen to what other people are saying, and then respond to it instead of reacting to it, we could start to heal the divide. But we're so, everyone, you talk about communication and the difference in communication today versus five years ago versus 10 years ago, everyone has a platform, right? So even if your platform's to 30 people on Twitter or on Instagram or to, to seven people on TikTok, everyone has broadcast ability now. And so instantly we're like, well, my opinion has got to be the most holy and right and just. Because those 30 likes you got on that Facebook post made you feel really good. You're, you're a champ. You're, you're Tom Brokaw. And so like in that moment, you're like, well, because I know I'm right and everyone else is wrong, I'm going to go broadcast this thing out. What would happen if instead of broadcasting our opinions, we just shut up for a second, listen to what people are saying. If we really want to help hurt people get healthy and we, we would shut up, we would listen to what they were saying, and then we would respond to, to the hurt, not react to their statement. Hey, everyone. I wanted to take a quick break from today's episode to tell you about a free resource I've put together for you. When you sign up, I'll send you five emails spread across five days to help you determine your church's one-of-a-kind flavor so you can begin setting yourself apart from every other church in town. This process is part of the messaging and strategy sessions I do for businesses and churches that normally cost $2,500. After one of these sessions, a lead pastor once told me that they'd been trying to figure this out for 10 years, and I helped them nail it in under an hour. You can have this resource completely free by going to solvingproblemspodcast.com slash email and signing up. That's solvingproblemspodcast.com slash email for your free resource. Now let's get back to today's show. One of the, the best leadership ideas I've ever heard, I learned this when I was an intern right out of seminary, was what leaders do in moderation, their followers do in excess. And... I mean, we could apply that to all sorts of things across the country right now. But if we go back to the church, if we bring it back to our communicating in the church, what we do as church leaders in moderation, our church people are going to do in excess. What, what we model from stage and what we model from our communications and our messaging and our, the way we treat people, uh, we, we could do it just a little bit and they're going to take that and they're going to run with it. Uh, right, wrong, Indifferent, that's just the way it works. 
So if we can model this grace, this forgiveness, this listening and shutting up, then it shows other people because what most people learn is caught, not taught. So they catch on to what we're doing and they're going to model us. So at the end of the day, while we may not have hurt anybody personally, decisions we might we made might have. And in reality, it's normally other people in the church who have hurt people. The way the forgiveness and the reconciliation starts is with how we as the leadership treat other people when those things happen the next time. Yep. So you work with churches all across the country, all shapes and forms. Um, what are some of the best examples you have seen of how churches have modeled this and have led the way in reconciliation with people who have, who feel like they've been hurt by the church? Well, that's a, that's a great question and, and probably a difficult one to answer because I don't, I think that anyone who's really doing it well probably isn't talking about it, <laughs> right? Because like there's an intimacy in, in helping someone recover from being hurt and, and that intimacy requires a little bit of protection. And, and so, so I don't know that I, I don't know that I can answer that question with like this church and this church and this church are leading the way in helping people recover from church hurt. Instead, what I would say is, what can you do in, in your small group? What can you do in your community? What can you do in your um, in your local church to help somebody take that step? Because here's the truth. And, and 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 this is probably a little bit uh, of an agitated, agitation type answer to the, your question, and I don't mean it to be disrespectful. So, I, I want to give that premise. But the the truth is, too often in church, we go look for, we go and look for the best practice, so that we can copy and emulate rather than create and innovate. And 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 I, I think that's true in communications. I think it's true in in programming. I think it's true in <laughs> values. I think it's true. Unfortunately, it even becomes true in calling, right? So like God called you to plant a church in this little town that you live in where you grew up, right? As soon as you start to plant that church, you're going to be like, oh my God, this is a lot harder than I thought. And so then you're going to go, then you're going to go, oh my gosh, I needed like learn some best practices from other churches that are 10 years ahead of where I'm at right now, or two years ahead of where I'm at right now. So then you go and start searching on Instagram and the internet for all these other churches. And then you hear like one thing that this church does and you're like, Ooh, I'm going to steal that. And then I steal this piece from over here and I steal this piece from over here. And all of a sudden we start Frankensteining up our calling and we actually completely violate the thing that God called us to do in the first place. And it's because we've, we've replaced the authenticity of the process of figuring it out with the the fast track of of assuming other people's thing which truthfully they probably assume from somebody else and so to answer your question what i would say is rather than looking for um a place that is doing it well already and i love best practice so i'm not negating the the need of best practice but I am challenging the idea of imitation over creation. 
And so dig into your where what you have control of in your world right now. What do you have control of? In that control, how can you help somebody heal? Start there because there is no there is no one way. And in reality, there's no way to microwave this. No. That, that's that's what we want. And when I ask that question, that's like, that's the hope in like, is there a way I can microwave this and help my church jumpstart, kickstart the healing of my town, of my community, of my people, of my family? And the hard truth of it is, like, while I want to give practical tips, because that's what we do on this podcast, the practical tip is that it just starts with the relationships and conversations and leading the way for your church. No doubt. And I'm the practical tip king. Like that's ha- most of what I get asked to talk about is practicality. But in this, in this essence, the, the only practicality is digging into a relationship. That's the practicality. It's, it's having an awkward conversation. It's challenging somebody to get better through grace and love. Like, there, you're right. There's no microwave for this. When I was leading teams, I used to have a saying that said, um, we embrace the awkward so that other people don't have to. Yeah. And that's one of the things that we have to do. We have to, like, God's given us this role and put us in this position and chosen us for this right now. Um, and because of that, he's given us eyes to see these things where people have been hurt. And so it's up to us to, are we going to embrace that awkward conversation so that they don't have to, so that they don't have to land in counseling later, so that they don't have to disregard the church for 12 years? Are we willing and able to embrace that awkwardness so that other people won't ever have to? Because at the end of the day, like if a dad gets hurt by the church, what happens to his kids? Right. But I, here's what I would say, though. I would I would even challenge that a little bit because right. as as long as there are humans in the church, people are going to get hurt. So mm-hmm. I don't know that mitigating hurt is the solution. I don't even think it's possible. I, I don't think that I think that the idea of creating this utopia that where hurt doesn't exist is fiction. I, I think the 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 better the better uh, challenge or goal is how do we address hurt when it happens? Cause it's going to happen. Like they're like that dad's going to get hurt. Yep. So how do and we, that's build- the awkwardness I'm talking about embracing is right. when that happens, so how do we build a culture where when he gets hurt rather than storming out and, and writing a Facebook post, he's willing to have the conversation. What, how do we create those cultures? That's the, that, that's the, the non-microwavable process of investing in relationships. And that, I mean, church culture, national culture, that's the, that's the biggest thing that we're missing right now. Well, and if you think about like, we are the church and G like as, as long as there has been a church, there has been an enemy to the church and it's not the Democrats and it's not the Republicans and it's not the socialists. It's not the communists. The, the enemy of the church is the devil. And as long as there is, as long as there is a, a church, there's going to be an enemy. And the best way to destroy the church is to a, attack the people that are in that church in a way 
that makes them hurt each other. And so like, we just need to know that that's, it's happening. It's going to happen. It will always happen. So how do we create the right systems to address when it happens? Yeah. And I think one of the things we have missed um, that was the heart of why I wanted to do this episode was the fact that it exists, the fact that there is an enemy who is trying to divide us, who is trying to make us think that the church has hurt us. That's something we don't talk about very often. It's it's right in front of our face, but we don't, and all the leadership meetings I've been in, we it's not something that we talk about and we can't help fix the things that we don't talk about. And so the whole point of this episode today Um, While we want to have practical tips is the fact that moving forward, I mentioned this in the intro of the episode, the trust of the church at this point is down to 36% of Americans right now, down from 68% 30 years ago or 40 years ago. And so we've lost two thirds of the country in the trust of the church. And a, a big portion of it is because of this. So if we're going to have success moving forward, this is something we have to think about. It's something that we have to be talking about as a church and what we have to be training our people about. Yep. Awesome, Stephen. Thank you so much for hanging out with us a little bit today. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan for sure. That's it for this week on Solving Problems. Next week, we'll be talking to Eric Williams, the Marketing and Communications Director at Sagebrush Church in Albuquerque, New Mexico, about how people choose your church for a specific reason and how we can leverage that to reach more people. We'll dive more into that then, but for now, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show on whatever podcast platform you choose. Share it with a friend if it helped you out, and make sure you sign up for your free resource at solvingproblemspodcast.com slash email so you can discover your church's one-of-a-kind flavor and begin setting yourself apart from every other church in town. Thanks for hanging out with us today, and I hope you have a great week. Bye.